What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at thepewterplank.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at thepewterplank, at jyarko underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. Get excited. I got my computer back, so that means the audio won't be completely terrible, at least not on half of the conversation, because David is still on location wherever in the world he is right now, but he's calling in from a cell phone. Oh, you're, you're still in Missouri until two o'clock this morning. And then I will be on an airplane. Oh, that's like, are you talking like in four hours from now? Uh, well, five for me, so I'm an hour behind you, but yeah. Yikes. That doesn't sound fun. Well, hopefully you can sleep on a flight. Oh, I definitely will. (laughs) All right. Well, David, we have some uh, exciting stuff going on in the world of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that, of course, is finally the arrival of one Jason Pierre-Paul. And I know a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook and everyone's freaking out. You know, JPP's missing OTAs and, you know, how's it going to affect him? And, you know, is he going to be ready for the season? Not thinking, you know, it's only June any missed optional, um, you know, activities. But, you know, people were getting kind of antsy and kind of upset. And Dirk Cutter had mentioned it during during OTAs. He'd been in contact with Jason Pierre-Paul. He knew that once mandatory minicamp came around, JPP would be ready to join in. And, of course, there was always speculation of why he was missing and all that. Well, Jason Pierre-Paul made himself available to the media, and of course he was swarmed and basically flat out explained, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting him here, but basically said that he had to take care of family stuff. You know, he does have a family. He does have a young child. He was moving from New Jersey all the way down to Tampa, and he said basically that was it. He's been working on moving his stuff from there to to his new home, making sure that his son is set up and situated and, and all you know, taken care of. And then when it was time to show up for the mandatory minicamp, he was there. But JPP had been in contact with Cutter. He talked to Winston. He talked to McCoy. He talked to Levante. You know, it's not like he was just ignoring everybody. So I mean, do you have any kind of opinion as to, you know, how it all went down with JPP? Like, do, do you care in the slightest that he missed OTAs? So I actually had a conversation about this very topic on Twitter today on my personal account with Chris, who is a very regular uh, communicator with the Lockdown Bucks podcast account. He asks asks questions pretty often and and responds to things. And basically, apparently, he asked the question, like, why did JPP miss OTAs? And uh, apparently, according to the tweet they sent me, he was basically accused of uh, trashing or bagging on JPP for doing so. And what, what in the conversation we had, we basically got talking, you know, I said, you know, Twitter's a fun place because you can say certain things, take, gets taken a different way. People react certain ways that maybe you didn't intend them to, so on. Um, so here's, here's the bottom line, really. As fans of an organization, it's fair to ask a question about why a player isn't participating in events, even voluntary events. Um, because you're invested in the team, you care about the team, you watch the team, you support the team, you, in theory, want what's best for the team, 
even if it's really, you know, for some people anyway, really only in, in the aspect of the win-loss columns. You want what's best for the team, right? So it's fair to ask the question. Um, and that is my, from my impression, that's what Chris basically did. Is he asked the question, said, hey, why was JPP there? And basically people came at him saying, why are you, you know, bagging JPP? I'm not sure that that's what the, the intent was. However, asking a question because you're a fan and you're curious and you want to know why a key acquisition from the offseason isn't with the team, even though it's voluntary, and he could be because he's healthy and yada, yada, is fair. Uh, going out of your way to say, well, he's not dedicated to football, he's not dedicated to the team, he's not going to be a good buck, he's going to have a horrible season, that's a little bit much, you know what I mean? Like even saying, you know, well, if he doesn't have a lot of sacks, then points OTAs, that's why he doesn't have a lot of sacks. Well, that that alone doesn't actually make sense because if you know about what happens in all the phases of training leading up to training camp, um, they're not working on – a whole lot right now other than really conditioning and some basic fundamental uh, uh, like movement techniques and drills and so on and so forth. There's no contact. Like there's no hitting. There is no stacking the quarterback. There's no ripping through an offensive lineman. There's no grabbing shoulder pads and pushing the dude in the mud. There's none of that happening right now. Um, and Jason Pierre-Paul said himself, he, he's, he's a pro. He's been in the league for a long time. He knows what to do. Um, he knows how to get ready for the season. So am I personally worried that JPP didn't show up to OTAs? No. Am I okay with fans asking why he didn't show up? Yes. Am I happy he answered the question? Yes, because he didn't have to, but he did. And do I agree with his reasons for not coming to OTAs? Absolutely. Um, And I tweeted, so Jenna Jenna Lane tweeted out the video clip, I think of him saying that. Um, I retweeted it and immediately put hashtag family first because at the end of the day, these players are playing football to support themselves, support their families. And JPP was excited to come down to Florida because of his son. That's what he was doing was focusing on getting his family right, getting his family settled. Because once the season starts, once training camp starts, um, it's, you know, probably 80% football, 20% family, right? Uh, When we talked to Samantha Rogers earlier this year uh, around Mother's Day, that's one of the things we hit on with them is what a lot of people don't see is what goes on behind the scenes. The family during the season, like we make jokes about football widows all the time, right? Well, we're all, most of us anyway, are sitting at home, right? And we have football widows. Uh, these guys are actually playing. So if we're going to make jokes about our wives being football widows during the season because of how much time we invest in learning the game, watching the game, loving the game, imagine the guys who are actually practicing it, prepping it, working out for it, healing from it, and playing it. Uh, so I have zero issue why JPP missed OTAs. I have zero concern that's going to cause him to struggle. If he does struggle, I'm never going to look back and say, well, had he gone to OTAs, he wouldn't have struggled because until the day I see a Super Bowl MVP get up on that stage and be like, man, I think back to May and June and all that stuff I did in shorts, and that's what got us here. That's not that's never happened. It's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, building for a championship doesn't really start until training camp. You know what I mean? Um and I say that, you know, you're always building for a championship, okay? So, you know, we take things, if we, if we take things literal, what I just said, then obviously it's wrong. But, but I think, you know, getting to the root of what builds a football team, um, the, the Buccaneers' own Twitter account tweeted out, iron sharpens, sharpens iron. Well, if that's the, the, uh, the, the word terminal terms we're going to use, if iron sharpens iron right now, we're playing with wooden swords. You know what I mean? Like, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I, I like the uh, I like the little analogy, and you know, 
swords, pirates. I, yeah, it's multi-layered, it David. Yeah. We have we have a next level type of humor here on this show. Either that, or you know, we just think that we're funnier than we really are. But I'm 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 with you. You know, it's I I thought it was kind of silly, and like like you and I were talking beforehand, and I wrote it on the PeterPlank.com. Jason Pierre-Paul has been in this league since 2010. He knows what it takes to get his body and his mind right for a long and grueling NFL season. Missing a week of OTAs because he's taking care of family things. You know, he's moving from another state, you know, something he wasn't prepared for. It's not like he went into this offseason as a free agent and already knew he was going to go somewhere else and kind of had things you know, lined up on his end. He just needed to know where he was taking his stuff to. Yeah, he was blindsided, kind of like all of us, you know, excited. You know, there's a, a good blind side and a bad blind side. This was a good one that, you know, he was going to Tampa. It wasn't it wasn't anything he predicted. So it takes a while to get all that stuff lined up. It takes a while to find a place and and to sell your house and to get everything packed up. I mean the guy's a multimillionaire. I can't even imagine how large of a house he had to pack up and, and how much, you know, stuff he has in there. And there's the logistics. And of course there's the, you know, making sure things are right with your kids. There's a lot that goes into it. I don't blame him one bit. And somebody asked him uh, on, on Tuesday, if he could make up what he missed in OTAs. This, he said, quote, can you make up? Of course. Like I said, I'm a pro. Even though I wasn't here, I was at home studying and making sure I know the calls, the installs. That's just something you do. You keep doing your work. You keep working out. Every day I woke up at 6 a.m. and went to the gym, got out of there at 8 a.m. Just stuff I've been doing. I've been keeping up. So it's not, like I said, it was a situation that I had to take care of. I took care of it, and now I'm here. Like, that's that's what you want to hear. You know, that's exactly that's exactly how it is. He wasn't... He wasn't spending OTAs playing Fortnite and eating Doritos. Like he was working on his home life. He was working on his studying of of the playbook. He was working out. Yeah, he wasn't being lazy. This wasn't a you know I don't want to show up because there's a contract dispute kind of thing. You you see, David Johnson is holding out and. You know, this guy, I, there was like five guys that were announced they were holding out today. It, it all just went by in a blur. But David Johnson was the name that pops out the most. But that's not what we have here. We have a guy who just had, you know, he had crap to take care of. We all have crap that we got to take care of. And sometimes things get pushed to the back burner. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that have used a personal day or a vacation day or a sick day from their job to get caught up on things at home. It happens. So that's basically what we have with Jason Pierre-Paul, except he wasn't missing anything that he wasn't allowed to miss. It was an optional thing. Yeah, it would have been great for him to be there, but you could also look at it this way. This is one less distraction now. He missed <clears throat> he missed a, a voluntary workout or a, a few voluntary workouts to get everything straightened up so that he can go full steam ahead and focus. He doesn't have that hanging over his head anymore. He doesn't have to worry about it. He can focus on what Mike Smith needs him to do, what Brenson Buckner needs him to do, what Dirk Cutter needs him to do. Like, right. he's here. Get excited. Like, that's that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, at the end of the day, the biggest concern that a coach probably has 
entering OTAs or mandatory minicamp is a player showing up out of shape. Uh, because if they're out of shape for minicamp and OTAs, then they're really out of shape for football. And, you know, so you have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, reference back to Trevor Sycamore's legendary Calvin Benjamin tweet, right? Um, oh, fat Calvin. And that's, blam, blam. Yeah, and that's it's not the case with JPP. Like, I don't, like, I'm, I don't, I don't have JPP's entire reporting to camp history in front of me right now, but I don't recollect ever hearing a report that JPP showed up to camp out of shape or, you know, out of football shape, not ready to play. Uh, you know, it, it's just, it's not something that, that he does. He's not known for that. And that's, you know, again, goes back to his professionalism. Uh, you know, this is, I don't know, Chris Baker missing OTAs. Okay. Maybe you're a little bit concerned because what is he doing? Is he out there? assaulting hot dog trucks or is he out there studying, you know, uh, so there might be cause for concern, but it, it's, it's Jason Pierre Paul. I know he's had, I think I saw Ren and I think he might have been Chef Aaron going back and forth about, there are concerns about Jason Pierre Paul's play, you know, especially last year and, and, you know, the sack numbers alone without, without context look really impressive. But when you look at the context behind the sacks that he got, you know, a lot of them were, in uh, less than impactful moments of the game, you know, i.e. they were games that were pretty much already decided or they were late uh, in games that were already decided or they were uh, against less than stellar competition. So, you know, there's concerns about JPP already just because of the hand injury, obviously. Age, he's a little bit older, uh, so on and so forth. But him showing up in physical condition to physically play the game of football is not one of those concerns. Yeah, uh, that's that's definitely one of the farthest concerns that I have. And, you know, we, we saw some video and some photos today. And, yeah, he was at one buck place, and he looks like he always looks, and he's, you know, he's ready to go. Now, we may have some listeners that aren't always ready to go, and our friends over at Blue Chew can fix that. Guys, do you remember, you know, those good old days when you were – always ready to go well now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue bluechew.com brings you the first chewable and the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. You just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you get to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Shout out, Blue Chew. Give them a try if you see fit. David, we're going to stay with Jason Pierre-Paul as we wrap up this episode. 
Uh, and, and don't worry, we know you guys send in Twitter questions. We appreciate it. We're excited to get to them. We're going to cover the Jason Pierre-Paul stuff right now because it is it is a big thing that he was here for the first time participating in team activities. So let's get all this out. And then for Friday's episode, we are going to tackle all of your Twitter questions, just like JPP is going to tackle Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Scam Newton. But Dirk Cutter was talking about Jason Pierre-Paul. And yeah, he he had this to say on what he likes about Jason Pierre-Paul. Of course, we all have things that we like about him, but this is what Coach Cutter had to say. He has both edge rush ability and endurance. He played a ton of plays last year. We really don't want him to play that many, but he doesn't like to come off the field. If we can hold our depth right now, it looks like we're going to be pretty deep on the defensive line, much deeper than we have been. If we can hold that depth, that holds everybody. When you guys talked to Noah Spence last week, even Vinny Curry, who's an experienced veteran, those guys like to learn from each other. All that does when you add another guy to the group that they haven't been around before is add more experience. They can share that with each other. They've been doing a good job of that. I think one of the key things that Cutter touches on here is keeping that defensive line depth. And of course, there are still people whining and complaining and crying about the pick of Vita Vea, but injuries happen all the time. We've seen McCoy get injured you, 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 on a relatively regular basis. We hope it doesn't happen again because he's such a force and he's such a dominant player at defensive tackle, but it does happen. Noah Spence is entering his third year in the NFL. He's missed time in both seasons with shoulder injuries these guys are beating the crap out of each other and injuries are going to happen so i understand how much depth that they've built how much depth they maintain is a wait and see kind of situation but i i can't find anything to kind of poke a hole in as far as what cutter said it sounds like he's just happy that to have jpp in there starting to work with guys like spence and getting to know his new teammates you know, he knows Levante. They played college ball together at a junior college. But now JPP is getting to know Gerald McCoy a little bit better. Uh, Vita Vea, you know, the the young rookie, the first round pick. You got Bo Allen, you know, all these guys. So, I mean, what what do you kind of take away from, from Cutter's approach? I mean, it almost seems to me like he's kind of underselling how important JPP is. And maybe that's intentional or maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But I mean, do you have any any takeaways as to what Cutter had to say? I think he might be selling uh, JPP a little low. Um, I think Derek Cutter is selling everything a little bit low uh, right now, except for Chris Godwin. Like, oh man, Chris Godwin seems to be the only thing that Derek Cutter is really uh, trying to oversell. I mean, possibly. Like, I love. Chris Godwin, but I mean, if he's did doing everything see, that, did you see the touchdown catch that he had today? The pewter report tweeted out. I saw a one handed catch. Was that, was that a touchdown catch or was that a different catch? Uh, I've not I don't, been on social media much today. I don't think it was one handed. It was an impressive, impressive catch. Like tiptoe in the back of the end zone elevated over two defenders. Like, Ooh, Chris Godwin's going to be good. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. And, I mean, uh, you know, we remember Zach Fowler, one of our, our former writers, was extremely excited. I was extremely excited. He was my 
you know, this year was Dante Jackson, last year was Chris Godwin, and, you know, we got one of them, so I'm happy about that. But really, I mean, like, I, you know, looking at <clears throat> a lot of what Dirk Cutter has said so far in this offseason, he's really trying to kind of kind of bring everything down a notch, I think, you know. Uh, even, you know, talking about Jameis Winston's, uh, you know, performances during the offseason and stuff, he just, he kind of, I would say danced around it, you know, but he's like, oh, you know, yeah, Jameis, you know, we obviously want him to get better. We want everybody to get better, and we're working on getting better. So, okay, that's 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 some very nice coach speak from me. You know what I mean? Um, but I think they've learned their lesson. I think as an organization, they've learned their lesson from 2017. I mean, uh, I saw something earlier based saying this isn't a direct quote, but essentially Dirk Cutter saying he never buys them a hype. Well, that, that's not true because he definitely bought into the team's hype last year, and you know, call it what you want, but I mean, standing there with a crowd of fans at a training camp, getting them all hyped up in front of the HBO cameras, holding a painting of yourself as a godfather. Um, like Rex Ryan was probably really impressed with how much Dirk Cutter was buying into the team pipe last year. You know what I mean? So, and that's fine. Like we all did. So I'm not hating on the guy for doing it, but this year he's definitely kind of trying to avoid buying into that hype. Now, I don't think that hype really had a lot to do with them, you know, having such a bad season, but I think he understood kind of what it did to the fan base, what it did to the team's relationship with the media, with the fans, so on and so forth. So I think he's really just trying to underplay it. But at the same time, he's also trying to make sure that the guys who are there, who have been there for OTAs and everything else, who have been grinding it out, uh, not blaming JPP for not being there, but the fact is there were guys who were there, you know, who were grinding it out with the team, with the teammates, getting getting to know each other while he wasn't. So they deserve a little bit of that attention too. So if you downplay some of the spotlight that's on JPP, Perhaps you turn the spotlight off up a little bit on some of the guys who were there, uh, who who definitely deserve some attention too. But I mean, I just really like the fact that the defensive line has depth because that's really what bit the team uh, in the in the rear end last year is they had zero depth. Uh, essentially, the plan appeared to be um, Jaquie Smith and Noah Spencer are going to be our pass rush guys. Everybody else is going to be our starting rotation, and we're going to roll with this. CVT might get in there. CO, uh, Silver Saliga is going to get in there. Yep, and that didn't work. Like, everybody got hurt. Um, yeah, you know, even Gerald McCoy got hurt, and he's out there playing hurt. But everybody got hurt, and uh, there was nobody left. So this year, you know, obviously you don't wish injury on anybody, but even if some of those guys get hurt, do we got guys to step up and fill those roles. And uh, so, so I think it just it speaks a little bit to all of it, you know, downplaying a little bit of the hype not just about JPP, but overall also giving attention to the guys who are here, the, the other new guys and the guys who have been working and just trying to, to, to focus on the depth because that's really obviously been a focus of this offseason for Jason Light and Dirk Cutter is getting more depth on that defensive line. I think you said it perfectly, buddy. And with that, I think we are going to wrap up this episode unless you have any uh, final or closing thoughts that you're going to reply no with and then say something. No. <laughs> Actually, dang it. There it is. You know what? I want, I want to give a shout out to Scott Smith. So uh, Scott Smith and, and all the conversations we've had, for some reason, a lot of conversations involving me come around. Kind of, we talk about pizza. I don't know. I'm a fat kid. Um, <laughs> So, like I said, I'm in Missouri. I flew into St. Louis uh, about a week and a half ago. Uh, asked him for a recommendation on St. Louis pizza. He recommended Emo's in St. Louis. I went there. I ate it. It was amazing. Um, very good pizza. So, shout out to Scott Smith for the recommendation. And if you're ever in St. Louis, hit up Emo's Pizza. 
It's very good. Tell them Dave sent you. Uh, they'll look at you like you're stupid, and you'll get your pizza. <laughs> so you'll trust the pizza, but you're not going to trust the skyline. Got it. Listen, I told you, you sent me some random ad the other day that had some some kind of it was an andouille sausage. Something. Yeah. It was I yeah, it was an andouille. That I would eat. But it still has if the chili on it. Me, I'll eat make it. Fun of. That's fine. If you put that in front of me, I'll eat it. If you put what pretty much looks like dog vomit in front of me, I'm not not doing it. See, I I tried those andouille sausage conies and they are fantastic. However, I made the mistake of ordering them the same way I order the regular hot dog cheese conies because I get the habanero cheese, and then they have these hot sauce packets, and the hot sauce looks like, it looks like somebody took a, a quarter bottle of Frank's and then filled the rest of the bottle with water and shook it up like that's what it looks like, but it is... It's definitely hotter or spicier than Frank's Red Hot Sauce. It's really good, but I usually put one packet on each coney. So I did that same exact same thing that I always do with those andouille sausages. And who, buddy, I got about halfway through my second one, and it all caught up to me, and that was too much, <laughs> too much hotness. But, yeah, they were they were delicious. By the time you're in town, they'll be gone. I think they're just a summer thing. But well, that I would I, try. So if you can make it look like that or similar, I'll try that. I mean, it, it, it that looks the same as all their other conies that you make fun of. I mean, listen, if all goes to plan, I'm going to be in the area not just for the game, but for about a week close to it. So I'm sure that in that time, you can whittle down my willpower, and I'll try something. Yes, we will. We will meet up for lunch at Skyline, and then we will take Scott, or I will take you and Scott, and we'll go to Marion's Pizza. So we're going to have Skyline, Chili, Hot Dogs, and Pizza. Not all on the same day. So Scott's going to spend the entire trip back to Tampa, hopefully celebrating a win in the airplane lavatory. No, he just has to worry about the pizza. He's had Skyline. You're on the hook for it. Nice. But anyway, I digress. We are going to go ahead and wrap things up. But we will be back on Friday. Uh, talking more about the mandatory minicamp and, of course, tackling all of your Twitter questions. So please continue to send those in. Make sure you're checking out everything that we're doing over at thepeterplank.com and make sure that you're following us on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at thepeterplank, at jarco underscore bucks, and at dh82 underscore bucks. We hope you all have a wonderful and safe day, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.